1: week on horror movie night we watched dancing no horror no gore no suspense maybe like two deaths i mean barely a horror film it's just a film about dance practice (laughs) we watched slash dance this week on horror movie night uh so scott i would i would bust your chops on this but you actually picked this for a very good reason which is that it features two of the gorgeous ladies of wrestling and glow season two comes out this month
0: (laughs) Yeah, and this is—I have had this. I mean, full disclosure: this has been my plan for half since a year. Like a lot, on, guys. I I'm fucking not. No, since since they said that season two was greenlit, I was like, guys, guys, guys. I found this piece of shit on YouTube. I have not watched it yet, but I know that the that it's got at least one woman from Glow in it. Um, when when Glow season two comes out, we need to coincide releasing a, a slash dance episode. To coincide with Glow Season 2. So that's what we did. And um, it's not a good movie, but it is surprisingly charming. This is the exact opposite of every movie
2: we've watched in the sense of usually for this podcast i'll watch a movie and the whole time i'm like this fucking sucks and is painful and then when it's over like i look back and i'm like Th- that was actually pretty fun to watch you know it's like pretty bad and it was the exact opposite like i had so much fun watching it and then shortly after
0: it was like that wasn't <laughs> fun at all <laughs> <laughs> it, was like, it was like your refractory period you're like this was a mistake <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it's not a good movie i probably won't ever watch it again But I got to give it props because it kind of knew what it was. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely the most, it's the tamest of the dance slasher movies. Because You know, like I'd I'd say that the the most straightforward is Killer Workout. I would then say that the most bombastic is Death Death Spot. Yeah, and that's Uh, the
1: thing. I feel like that's the problem was like, Watching this movie so soon after watching Killer Workout and Death Spa, it's just like so many points. I was like, man, I wish I was watching Killer Workout. Like, <laughs> Killer Workout. I didn't
0: have mess. that. You no, know, Killer Workout is easily my favorite of the entire, yeah. like, mini subgenre that we got here, <laughs> but I I don't know. Like, I, I did enjoy, I really did enjoy certain parts of Slashdance because it's not like a good film in any sense of the word, but like. It's charming, like they just knew what they were doing. They knew what they were making, and it's got that really not meta, but it's pain like it's it's almost tongue in cheek. I don't know exactly how to to en- enumerate it, but it's like it's what Glow was. So it's yeah. like the same
1: idea. In IMDb, it's listed as a comedy slash thriller, which. I, I can see that they're, I mean, they are going for the comedy here, above all things. I, and I think that there's there's elements of the movie that I absolutely think are hilarious and that I really, really like. And we'll get into that very shortly. But there is just this 40-minute lull that is just dance practice.
0: Oh, yeah. that That, that is unacceptable. in this Yeah,
1: like, like that kills so much momentum and goodwill that this movie had at the start. The
0: first 20 minutes is amazing. Oh, no, the
1: first 20 minutes flies. Yeah, if
0: they could have done that for for an hour and 20 minutes, we would have been golden.
1: So let's start. So the movie kicks off with this girl, Alice, arriving in what appears to be the set of tourist trap. (laughs) (laughs) She has to audition for no one. But instead of being, like, concerned, she just stretches and dances. It's so great. And then it is, she gets her neck slit, by a saw.
0: It, it, oh, oh! I have a note about this, that they used one tablespoon of corn syrup for that. Like, there was yeah. no blood. None. I wrote, so gentle, so precise.
1: <laughs> it was
2: perfect. I was actually very relieved that she died because she was dancing, and then he shows up, and it's like a silhouette figure of a guy in a cape. And then he grabs, like, a saw. And in my head, I'm like, I swear to God, if this is a fake scare and this is just like a magician that's also coming to an audition, (laughs) I'm going to be very upset.
1: I'm going to make a statement. We've made these statements before and – you know, we've never put our money where our mouth is. We could make a better movie.
0: I would love to make a better movie uh, than Slash Dance. <laughs> the
1: throat slit is so lo fi in the <laughs> way that it's just like, she turns and it's like, quick shot of the saw, quick shot of her already gored across the yeah. neck. And like, no scream, nothing. She just falls gently to the ground. Like, I don't even think that that would work. Like, I'm just <laughs> it up. That saw, comes into play again and every single time i'm like that saw wouldn't do that like it's too flimsy
0: (laughs) Um, (laughs) it's one of those saws that kids have in their um play (laughs) school so
1: then we meet tori who's at the beach and uh my second favorite character the director slash flasher who i wrote is depressingly too good of an actor for this movie like in the sense that i feel like you guys have seen Blackula before, right? No. I have not. Okay, so one of the things that makes Blackula as infamous as it is is that the actor who they got to play Blackula was like this stage actor. He was like way above the source material, and like that's how I feel about the the flesher in this movie is
0: that he's so like hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, here's his line. Can I can I read his entire yeah, line? Yes. Go for it. I, I rewatched that scene twice, just so, or just that section, so I could have the absolute. I had to re-listen to it because he his 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 Shakespearean drawl is quite difficult to understand at times. Yeah. Rupert is the name. A poet as free as the ocean wind, and like a chiseled rock, I shall reveal my cock. <laughs> I don't.
2: I obviously don't agree with any type of sexual harassment to women, and a girl should be able to go to a beach without someone whipping their dick out. Having said that, if a girl is to get flashed by someone, Rupert is the most elegantly charming (laughs) flasher that anyone could ever encounter. Just speaking poems out of his mouth.
1: (laughs) But, like, he's every line he delivers, it's like he's delivering it to the back row. Like, it's like, it's it's so, like pronounced and like it, oh, it's so good. Every time that he, I wish he was in this movie more. He's barely in it and it's very upsetting.
2: Yeah, he is the best.
1: Uh so then we discover that Tori is this undercover cop uh but she's known for excessive force and apparently like nude photos of her that surfaced from well, Wait,
0: wait, you're missing.
1: Well, well this... This, this all is because of her arresting some of the glow girls uh and and kind of roughing them up and they said that they were too beat up to understand their rights being right there yeah them. they are unconscious yeah.
0: uh so so they say so she's gonna buy steroids off of them okay she says so how much steroid or how many steroids do you are uh, whatever and they're like we got enough steroids to make you look like the Statue of Liberty and I was thinking <laughs> really that's what the screenwriter thought was a good example of like a strong looking woman because I don't think the Statue of Liberty has a whole lot of well, muscular. I, I
1: think more like chiseled from stone.
0: Gotcha. Uh, but she's made out of <laughs> copper.
2: This, <laughs> this scene seems like it was written and directed by John Waters. And if you c- close your eyes during this scene, the two girls that are selling the steroids sound like Nelson's two hunchmen from The Simpsons. Like they have that <laughs> like raspy voice. I, I did do that. I rewound yeah. it, closed my eyes, confirmed it's the bullets from The Simpsons.
1: Well, and this was like "Let's crush a cop." That's also what they said. This is this is basically where I think ninety nine percent of the budget came from was just paying for the gorgeous ladies of wrestling to be in the movie uh, so Matt, that they could promote. No, no, I, buddy. Do you think no. spent money on? I'm I'm not. Saying, they didn't
0: spend money on anything in this movie, much less the like, gorgeous ladies of wrestling. I so, think.
1: I the, think that the, that's where nine. I think that because most of this movie is shot at like their, their fucking black box theater and wherever the <laughs> fuck this movie takes place. So I think they were like, hey, we've got like 200 bucks. Do you think we can get some of the courtships? Okay, 200 bucks. Yeah, like, yeah, there you like, Get yeah. Queen
2: Kong thing. on the phone now. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> the amount of money that was spent on this movie is equal to the amount of money that was spent to get the two girls from Glow. In the movie, so they could put them on a poster and say, "Hey, we've got those chicks
0: from Glow in this movie." Okay, well, so here, here's I did a little research. So the the first woman that is from Glow is the main character. She was uh, Miss America. Was that what her name was? Um, well,
1: I think this was her character in the TV show, but yeah. on the actual Glow, it was Americana. Was Americana?
0: Yes, thank you, Americana. And then the other one was Matilda Lahun, right? Yes. Yeah. So so um and i i wanted to do a little bit more digging into the actual like mythology of glow uh because the show really is just entertainment there's not really a whole lot of true history to it but yeah. um I, I didn't get a chance to because i just got caught up watching a lot of random shit so
1: if anybody is genuinely interested there's a great hour-long documentary on netflix called gorgeous ladies of wrestling that's all about how it was started who these girls were how they got the gig and stuff like that which is a i'm nice, interested yeah it's a nice quick hour watch but you know it's not something you're gonna re- like there's some documentaries that I'll watch multiple times that that one's a one-watch-and-you're-done type flick.
0: Yeah, but, it's it's no Crystal Lake memories. Six yeah. and a half hours of no. fucking... Well, I was going to say,
1: uh, uh, like, the big one for me is I love revisiting Room 237 because it's just such an absurd... Like, it's so over-the-top. I mean, is
0: that the one about... The Shining, oh, um, where yeah, it's just Shining. all the
1: people telling their their theories on what about, the Shining, yeah. and you're just like these people are all crazy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's nothing like. Wait, what was that one that you saw that was about aliens? Um, oh, what the hell was it called? <laughs> it was
1: like Alien Authenticity Unveiling the Truth, and it was talking about how aliens are actually demons sent yes! from this from Satan to make us question our faith. And the only way to fight an alien is to proclaim that Jesus Christ is your savior, and the alien will be like, "Sorry, bro," and go away.
0: <laughs> and, and then all the old ladies were like, "Yeah, that that makes yep. absolute sense to me."
1: Yep, story <laughs> checks out. <laughs> Amen. I saw it in the theater, Brian. It was amazing. Oh, yeah. that, that's
0: this is why you know people talk about how marijuana is a um, a gateway drug. They know they got marijuana's got nothing on Movie Pass. It makes no. you do so much bad <laughs> shit. <laughs>
1: want to say your favorite quote because i also wrote it
0: now oh god oh oh wait 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 before we get there so one of the uh so matilda the hun when when they're doing their this is where the movie shines is when it's basically like glow outtakes um because matilda the hun and the blonde woman um the the bruiser lady is trying to sell the steroids them and tory americana they get into a wrestling match and Americana's like jumping off of the chain link fence and doing these weird wrestling moves. And it's, it's way more entertaining than wrestling actually is for me. So I loved it. And then, um, America, uh, Matilda hunt is making pig noises. And, (laughs) (laughs) and I thought to myself that, that, you know, it just, it just can't get any better than that. It doesn't get any better than that, but we get to the, um, the end of that scene, there's a rough cut. So, did did we all watch this on YouTube? Yes. Okay, because, like, (laughs) I hope that nobody paid money for this. I'll actually (laughs) post the link when this drops for everybody that is interested in the group. I'll post it on our Facebook group if you want to watch it because – there's nothing except your time to waste watching this film. And and it's, it's, it's an experience, but it's not good by any means. Um, it's just, it's charming. But, uh, at the end of that scene, there's, it's an actual rough cut where you hear Tori or someone say, okay, take it from the top. And then it cuts to, to, <laughs> to the, them walking through the cop, uh, to, through the police station or like whatever, to talk to the police boss. And he goes, um, That was uh, quite a bust. And he stares at her boobs. (laughs) (laughs) And he says, I believe her tits are too nice to be a cop. And then I I wrote that down and then put in parentheses, or a (laughs) herpetologist.
1: I was going to say, but that's not the quote I was thinking of. I was thinking of when we cut outside and Tori uh, gets kind of like, not roughed up, but like, uh, harassed maybe by a by a homeless man and she beats the piss out of him. Oh, Jesus oh. Christ,
0: I got beat up by a pair of
2: tits, that. <laughs> that one. So yeah. I liked that scene. That was probably one of my favorite scenes. So what happens is she gets cornered in the alleyway and two thugs not a homeless guy
0: him. Yeah, it's, it's two homeless guys and the guy yeah. that decides that he's going to try and assault her he's like he, hold my eyebrows <laughs> Yeah,
2: I mean that's what I do before I have sex which is peel my eyebrows off <laughs> to let you know it's business
0: There has to be so many there have to be so many inside jokes for this film because that makes no sense out of context No It makes no sense in context either but like that guy was wearing a skull cap first of all so he had hair it's not like he was an alopecia victim or something and, and had no real eyebrows, but he comes on to this into the scene. And I think, what the fuck is going on with his eyebrows? And then he raises his, his eyebrows. Um, when he looks at her, uh, when he sees that she's hot and, um, you can see the skull cap right by his hairline. And, and I'm like, what is, what is this character? And yeah, but then he, then he gets the crap beat out of him. And then I don't know why my next line is this, but long Dick saloon. Is that in this? Movie is that a place where they go?
1: I definitely was not paying that much attention to be able to answer that <laughs> I paid that really good
0: attention to this movie because I was like, these lines are gold.
1: Basically, after roughing up these two steroid sellers, she gets put on a case. <laughs> so she... Well, the whole,
0: the whole subplot is that there's some other case that's that that is more important, and the the commissioner or whatever the police chief wants a rays or something he's like i can't brown bag it for the rest of my life because he wants to go out to eat lunch every day or something instead of yeah, get having tears or something yeah i don't know that guy is ridiculous he is the most over-the-top character in the entire fucking movie
1: and that's saying a lot
0: um, yeah and it really absolutely is because I have a line here where
1: I said, God, some of the comedy in this movie bombs real hard. And it was in reference to the actress who's coming to do her audition by singing, She'll Be Coming oh Around my the Mountains. God. And they choke oh, yeah. her to death. And instead of screaming, she's just like,
0: No, this is my break break. Like, and she's this. like, I can do it a different way if you like. Yeah. yeah it's- I can dance too. And <laughs> like, uh, well, she showed her uh, real
2: talent, in my opinion, which is being able to speak coherently while being strangled to death. That.
0: <laughs> <laughs> On her own lasso. So this, this is the point in the movie where I'm checking out just a little bit mentally. And so I start reading the IMDb and my mind is blown. Cindy Verda, which is Americana from GLOW, she was an invisible maniac. Yeah, she was. With a bunch of porn stars, right? Basically. (laughs) Man, I love Invisible Maniac. Where are we? Are we talking? Is this when they... Oh, I think Long Dick Saloon is actually when she's drinking with her partner, who is the worst fucking neg ever. He's like trying to have... sex with his partner and she's like you're married and he's like yeah but i've been sleeping at the office for a couple of months come on let me have some ass i mean like he's terrible he's the yes. worst the thing is that this movie kind of has this weird undercurrent of feminism in an in in an awesome way but they never really are it's like they had this idea this kernel at the beginning of writing the script like let's make this be female empowerment and then they forgot about it
2: yeah it just wasn't a good idea.
0: No, it's not It's not a good film at all. Also, you know, oh, another movie that comes to mind that's in the same kind of genre is Stage Fright.
2: The original yeah. Stage
0: Fright absolutely is in this genre. You know, I like this movie, and I like the fact that it has a bunch of strong women in it, literally and, and emotionally. But I, I also don't understand. So every dude in this movie sucks. Like, he's terrible. Uh, but it's l- almost like they forgot why they were going to make every guy suck.
2: But it's like 1989, so it's like, okay, listen, women are not being respected. Uh, Women's rights are not being taken seriously, and it's a big joke. So we really need to voice our opinion by making a movie that's a big joke that no one (laughs) will take seriously about women's rights. Perfect. Yes, yes. Flashdance.
0: Yeah, also, I really don't understand the the point of the the subplot where she fucks the director – Cause I thought that she was undercover, but she's like demurs a couple times, and then she's like banging him and having a good time. Yeah, and then she's like kind of surprised. Yeah, she like she she's surprised that spoiler alert he's the killer. Yeah,
1: Yeah. which is doesn't really sync up with the first couple deaths anyway, unless he was just like hiding out in town for a month. Yeah, but
2: But also it's the only one that made sense because everyone else was too fucking obvious.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I do like the fact that the reason why he's killing people is because he was sexually abused by the, the dad. Yeah. You know, like the the the, the owner of the yeah. theater, yeah. yeah. And it makes him... It makes it a reasonable kill, you know? Like mm-hmm. in Killer Workout, eh, the reasoning is pretty stupid. In Death Spa, I mean, there's no reasoning whatsoever for that whole film. So... You know, as far as motivations go, I'm pretty OK with it because I do feel bad for that character. Yeah.
1: All right. So let's talk about because this is where we're actually before. The reason why we've jumped to the end is because this is where there's literally just 40 minutes of dance practice. But it's there's insane. a thing, but there's literally a few notes that I have written down for there. Uh, it looks like that. the worst musical play that has ever been made because yeah. it's just like one and a two and a three and a four. Yeah. And um, they're
0: doing like just box steps.
1: Yeah, it's all, I
0: mean, I was in show choir and I did musicals in high school, and that shit is amateur hour.
1: <laughs> uh, I also wrote down the quote, "You must have ro- woken up on the wrong side of the sugar daddy," which I thought was a pretty good line. <laughs>
0: it's okay. It's just okay. <laughs>
1: but my favorite, but my favorite line in the movie, or my favorite character in the movie, is Amos.
0: That I want to talk about. The Amos, mentally handicapped brother. So, so I
1: so I wrote down that he delivers every line like a jockey version of Jiminy Glick because it starts oh. off it starts off real high and then gets real low. So I even wrote down a quote as an example. He's like, "Shouldn't you be out there shaking your butt?" <laughs> it's like he delivers every line.
0: That line is sick, though. I love that line. <laughs>
1: Yeah. You should start off a dancey song with that
0: audio clip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, um, Hey, isn't, isn't Shane from Geekscape Games like a DJ? Yep, I'm telling him. Hey, yeah. man, take this audio clip and mix it into one of your mix tracks. It. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a hot fire, as they say. So just to get everyone
2: caught up now, um, practice ends. Rupert. Whips his dick out in front of a girl, classic Rupert, and (laughs) the, the cop pulls out her gun and makes him leave. So the theater director pretty much goes, hey, where's the town pervert that's supposed to be directing this show? I can't find him. You know what I'll do? I'll put my extremely mentally disabled brother in charge because nothing can go wrong there. Yeah,
0: he's and, eating goldfish and yeah. shit. And uh, I, I love the fact that it's such an obvious gold, uh, fake gold, like a goldfish candy. It looks <laughs> like a circus peanut that they <laughs> into a, a, a goldfish. Um, and then it's like such an obvious fake when it's the close up. And then his brother's like, why? Why are you eating fake goldfish in front of the girls? And then he's like, "It's real." And then they're like, "Ugh." And then he belches, and he's like, "Yeah."
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, and now there's about ten to fifteen minutes of POV running shots.
0: Yeah, Jesus a God. lot
2: of POV running shots in this movie.
0: Yeah, and also it's got we've got so much like LA visitor bureau scenes because it's just shots of downtown LA in 1989 and she's walking around buying clothes and it's great it's just fantastically stupid movie I I, I I have this thing that I wrote down about Tori as a person in this film and I feel like this could be said for so many women in the schlocky movies that we watched from the late 80s I said Tori is 50% human female and then 50% hairspray and rouge because like she's not <laughs> she's not a person. She's a walking cosmetic commercial. It's insane because there isn't much going
1: on for about forty minutes in this movie. Let's jump to the end. The us well, get
2: to Amos's death because it is very convenient um, that the killer's real knife looked exactly like the prop knife. And then, do you want to explain how how Amos died? Because it's really so incredibly quite
0: Shakespearean.
1: Yeah. yeah, he tried he tried to pretend that he was killing himself, and then he was really killing himself by mistake.
0: Yeah. So also, that's like, that. I don't, <laughs> dabbing yourself in the side is going to be like he's dead, you know? Yeah. I don't think that any of these things
1: would as i've said except for maybe the choking the the southern girl everything else it's like yeah she'd probably have a, a nasty cut from you lightly touching the saw across her neck but like she wasn't going to die right then and there immediately um so they reveal logan as the killer right and as scott pointed out he was he was tortured and and you know had a really bad time, sexually abused in the theater. So then Tori, who just won like the golden high heels for her her excellent work, throws the high heel at his head. It is- It's, it's, It's Elvira, mistress of the dark. Yeah, it's awfully cut together. Like it is horrendous how this cut is. And then she's being chased and there's a scene where she tips over the director's chair and it's like, yeah, does nothing. This yeah. goddamn, like, I almost wish that it had done the wet hot American summer bit where he's just standing there like, oh, no, like, there's a chair, there's a chair I, in my way.
2: I do like how the uh, the costume for the killer is like a cross between the Zodiac killer and the gimp from Pulp Fiction <laughs> just kind of mashed into one. It is uh, the shittiest costume I've ever seen.
1: It's basically like it's just one step away from a paper bag over it. (laughs) But then the saw comes back into play and somehow Tori is able to murder a man with a single hit of a flimsy ass table saw to the face.
0: Yeah. yeah. But like it, it, it scratches his face. He's like, no, my beautiful face. And then he just dies. There's no blood. This is the, like the, this. this is the yeah. This is the most bloodless film we've ever watched, and I mean, Invisible Maniac I feel like was light on actual gore as well.
1: But at least it upped it a little bit with the effects for a dude being choked to death by a sandwich. Right, right. No,
0: I'm not I'm not saying it's not a fantastic film, because it sure as fuck is.
1: But that's what I mean. Like there was at least enough budget that they could build a mechanism to make the sand like to make the dude's throat expand and pop as he was being choked to death with a sandwich. They have no budget for anything in Yeah, slash- this is
0: like a high schooler trying to make a film kind of thing.
2: Oh yeah, mm-hmm. the editor was so excited at the death scene when they're like, "All right, so let's see her kill the killer." He's like, "Watch this!" I put it in slow motion, and then it's just the.
0: Like, <laughs> there actually is that sound, <laughs> yeah. and there, it's so weird that there's. This is such an odd soundtrack. There are like some needle drops for actual music, but there's not a whole lot of ambient soundtrack sound soundscaping, and a, there's a lot of awkward silences between people's lines i I don't know it's just it's it's very it's a very cheap film um it's not good but i definitely enjoyed everything except for all of the dance rehearsal i lived that shit in high school i don't need to relive that shit
1: hey guys just interrupting the show real quick just give me a minute of your time to let you know that if you go on the patreon.com backslash hmn podcast we are going to be dropping the bonus episode for the adventures of buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimension later on this month and if you donate you can already get access to the wicker man bonus episode that we did with Nicolas cage but there's one other thing i wanted to quickly plug june 23rd we will be doing our twitch stream So make sure that you are double checking uh, and hopping on there and getting ready to watch 12 hours worth of films with us. Uh, We're going to be talking about movies like uh, we're going to be watching Event Horizon. We're going to be watching Final Destination. uh, We're going to be watching Elvira, Mistress of the Dark and a bunch of other ones. It's going to be a really, really fun time. So I hope you guys are able to tune in uh, for that. But anyway, back to the show. All right. What did you guys watch this week? (laughs) i'll start uh i I find so uh i will be talking about something that i saw next week as well but in preparation of that i watched thor ragnarok Yes, uh, which was really really fun uh i had a blast watching thor ragnarok uh i think that the first Thor movie is strictly okay and the second one is arguably the worst movie in the entire MCU.
0: There's there's so no th- arguing about yeah. that. It is the worst. It is unwatchably yeah. bad. But then like Thor
1: Ragnarok was just a good fun time and I think that taking thor and applying a little bit more of the guardians of the galaxy sense of humor is exactly what that character needs
0: because i also, think also cuz helmsworth is just really comedically good yeah, yeah he's
1: very funny but i also think that a big element of it is that thor so so most people don't like to admit this but like if we're being very sincere most of the avengers are, by most comic terms, B and C level comics as far as the general populace. is.
0: That's why they got the rights for them, because they were cheap. Yeah, so, like, Thor... The problem with
1: Thor is that they were playing Thor exactly how he is in the comics. And guess what? It's very hard to find (laughs) someone that enjoys reading a Thor comic.
0: Yeah, it's, it's not 1974 anymore.
1: Yeah, so, like, kind of going in the direction where he's almost a parody of the comic book character, where he's so strong and like impossible to beat that it's like he's comedically uh just blank to all of it i think is the right direction and based on the movie that i will talk about next week it seems like they're keeping in that direction for thor and i think that it might actually genuinely make me excited to see thor movies if I
0: I'm house. I'm so stoked to see another Thor movie now. Like I, and you couldn't have told me that uh, like uh after the original Thor. No, after Avengers because his first was his did they do Thor before Avengers? Uh Thor, the first Thor was right before Avengers, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can't even get into the first Thor movie and it has my dude Phil Coulson in it. So, it's really hard for me to say that I how much I disliked the Thor Concept and mythos, but goddamn, yeah. they really—they knocked it out of the park. And I—I I, I think I know what you're going to talk about next week, and I will just verbally fillet it then too. Um, uh, but yeah, like, well, first of all, uh, the the direction of Thor Ragnarok is fantastic, and and the comedic timing is great. It, it also—I mean, Kate Blanchett is. <laughs> amazing in that movie everything <laughs> about that movie just rules
2: yeah no it's great. it looks
0: like a comic book
2: the only thing i didn't like about the movie there's only two things i felt that dr strange cameo was very forced and i don't watch a lot of marvel movies or follow the comics so maybe i'm out, out. <laughs> yeah maybe i i don't have room to talk but i just i didn't really get why uh the hulk was mentally retarded for his first 45 <laughs> minutes in the movie so Good.
1: someone so actually uh there was something, uh, so I had been curious about that too. And I listened to an episode of Geekscape uh, that was after I watched with Ian. Uh, yeah, with Ian. And he actually points out that the whole mythos of the Hulk is that as the films go on, the Hulk is basically a child when you first see him. And it's over the years of him like growing up. So, like in Thor Ragnarok, Hulk is essentially the equivalency of a oh, very big five year old.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: And I was like, that well, makes see,
0: sense. In you know, and- Ragnarok, he's five. It seems like you'd be like more. I was thinking more like 12 personally, but I, I believe it. But anyway, that's uh, that's all I've got. How about one of you guys go? Um, I'll go. Uh, I've got two, two documentaries. Yeah. Um, so last night, which will have been a couple weeks by the time this comes out. But um, last night, Megan and I went to the opening night for um, RBG. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg documentary mm-hmm. and it was so fucking perfect. I heard it's it was so great.
2: Good. I heard it. I heard it was awesome.
0: It is. It's, it's so charming and touching and the, it was a packed house at this small um, art house style theater here in Akron called the nightlight. Fantastic, fantastic place. Um, And Hopefully we will be able to do some live stuff there someday. That's just on my long list of things to do for the podcast. But anyway, um, it was a full room and we were laughing at the great parts and like Megan cried a little bit because it's very touching. And uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is, is in imma- just an amazing person. She's so incredibly driven and she's first generation American and she's incredibly smart And and she's 84 or something like that. And she's, she reminded me of my grandmother before she passed. Like, she she just was very is very sweet and stern and soft spoken but also like way more intelligent than my grandma was sorry grandma up in heaven but like <laughs> Rupert Ginsburg is like cream of the crop all right um such such a great film um I would see it again uh, maybe not today but you know I'd see it again um with Megan cuz Megan's favorite type of movie is a documentary so um you know I'd absolutely watch that with her but I also wanted to mention that I finally watched Best Worst Movie, which is a really great documentary as well, in a completely opposite way. <laughs> um, it's uh, it, for anybody that doesn't know, and I would assume that 99% of the people listening to this would know that it's about Troll 2, making a Troll 2. It's, it was, um, made and, uh, kind of directed by, um, the guy that played the kid in it. And it mostly follows the, um, the uh, I can't remember the dad's name in real George life. George Hardy. George Hardy, thank you. Um, and and it was very interesting. Um, man, fuck the directors. They suck so bad. Like, I knew they suck, but goddamn, they do not make Italian people look like good people. Uh, <laughs> if we're going to make value generalizations about entire countries. Um, but the one thing I will say is that I have noticed via listening to a lot of score to death, which is um, I've mentioned it before on here. I love that podcast. Blake is just such a nice guy. Um, but between that and a lot of documentaries that I've been watching, cause I'm still trying to burn my way through never sleep again and crystal Lake memories. And I get like 20 minutes in each before I'm like over it for the yeah. day. You know, <laughs> like, I really, I can get through about one movie that they talk about in the franchise um, and I'm working from home, you know, and I'll just kind of say, okay, I I I can't give this any attention. It's just not very interesting. I don't know if it's the pacing or what, but in any case, um, so many people. It seems to me that so many people that worked on these seminal slasher flicks and um a, a, and were involved in the industry in you know B movies, horror movies in the '80s, things like that. They don't. Give a shit about the the the, the community, when it's so weird and off putting for me. Like there are directors that are not directors. There are are, are composers rather that are, are just they just think that it's a job. They don't like horror conventions. They don't like horror movies. They just kind of fell into it. Uh, George Hardy hated going to a horror convention. He was like, "These people are sick." Um, <laughs> and and I I met PJ Souls. Um, two months ago at at Cinema Wasteland in Cleveland and super sweet woman but doesn't like horror movies. Uh, it, It seems to be all the people that did the movies that we love cannot stand the movies that we love. And it's so weird because when you listen to something like Shockwaves where they're talking to, they're interviewing people that are doing movies now, all the writers, directors, and composers that almost, it seems like, there's this huge crop of people that are making films for us now that grew up on the films that we love and they are part of the horror community and it's so much different. It's yeah. just it just it feels so much more sincere. Also because, you know, we were talking um a couple weeks ago how mayhem was the uh, the director had to he had to work a desk job or something while he was doing that on weekends or something ridiculous. So, you know, it's a labor of love more so now than it ever has been because there's less money in movies, I guess. But, you know, as, as a, as a guy that wants to compose horror scores myself, it just, I I'm so much more endeared to people that work in the industry that give a shit about our community and, and what we love instead of that are just there because they need a job and they're actors. You know, yeah.
1: no, that makes sense.
2: OK, so this week um, I didn't really get a chance to watch too much. So I did watch um, I did watch Summer of Sam, uh, which I, I wish that like, wasn't what's the that, only.
0: 97. Yeah.
2: Um, I wish that wasn't the only movie I watched. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not that it was bad. But it was like a movie. It's like not, you know, it's it's, it's like not like bringing up on the podcast. It's like, what did you watch? It was like Summer of Sam. And it's like, what would you think? Huh. You know, it's like talking to your wife at the dinner table. It was like, how is your day? Who's okay? You know, like it's not really. I, I liked it. You know, that's all I can say. Uh, I know people don't like it as far as a, a Spike Lee joint. Um, but I thought it was good enough. It was entertaining. I wouldn't watch it again. Uh, but I didn't think it was bad by any means. All
1: right. Well that was Slash Dance. <laughs> what a fucking downer. <laughs> <laughs> that was Slash Dance from 1989.
2: But
0: actually that is the perfect way to end this movie because it's like eh.
2: <laughs> you know, but it was just such a white tone. Like, yeah, it's been a really tough week. Uh, I'm really sad and, uh you know, I'm really losing hope. All right. Thanks, Brian. So come on next week. <laughs> uh, uh, so
1: that was picked by Scott. Uh Next week's movie. Oh, shit. Guess what, guys? We're 150 years old, uh, episode wise. Next week. Uh, and we've got a special guest. We're going to be talking about a movie that we've been um talking about for 150 episodes, but we're actually going to talk about the movie instead of make random references to the film and maybe some skits about the film. So tune in for that. But don't forget that you can always contact us at HMN at gmail.com. Visit our website at hmnpodcast.com. Uh Give us some, you know, reviews and subscribe on iTunes and likes and all that. Apparently it helps with visibility. I don't Google know. Play? Uh, Google play. Yeah, we're on Google play now. Uh, don't forget that just a week away, holy shit, it's just a week away, uh, just a week away, we will be doing our live Twitch stream for 12 fucking hours. <laughs> so-
0: <laughs> and, and and Matt is making shit up that he's like shocked by all this because first of all, it's his plan – from like before we were even read it, or back when we were read at horror club that he wanted to do these marathon watches. And then he also um, really w- can't complain because I talked him out of doing a 24 hour marathon. So um, you're welcome.
1: Yeah. So I will say the following things though, because we know that these movies have all been announced. Now we're going to be talking about Beetlejuice, final destination, event horizon, the faculty, Elvira mistress of the dark scream Two. And Nightmare on Elm Street. Holy shit, that is a great lineup. You know that you want to join us for this. You know that we're going to be having a blast. Who knows? That, you know We're trying to figure out some things. We're recording this before we know 100%. But by the time this is out, we'll know what's going on. But it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a party on Twitch. You're going to want to be a part of it. You're going to want to tell your friends about it. You're going to want to, like, pull it up on your TV and have friends over drinking and eating pizza and laughing as we're all watching these movies together. Like, let's make this the biggest community celebration that we can because Horror Movie Night is all about the community. It's all about people getting together and having fun. And as much as we shit on these movies, we're celebrating them. So let's do it. Can't wait. 150 episodes next week. Tune in. Yeah!
2: <laughs> and who's giving it to you?
1: We are, we
2: are! <laughs> You're listening to the Geekscape network.